If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Happy Redemption Thursday. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew. With us from afar. By the way, on Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. I haven't mentioned that in a while, but we're over there floating around. Playoff games, wagers, weird college football stories, some things that pertain to the Knowles, others that do not, some that seem simply unbelievable. I see right off the bat in the chat, somebody's asking about something I was going to bring up in a bit here regarding the unbelievable. Uh, I'm not. You, you're not buying 13 million dollars, right? You, you you saw that. That, that. If that's true, we should all get out the game and call it a day. Uh, if that's true, then um, whoever <laughs> signed that deal in Gainesville is insane and does not know what the market means. Also, they don't have the money because apparently that's one of the reasons why he's like, well, I want out. Who does? <laughs> Nobody. That's dumb. Even if you have it, if you spend that on a kid that's never played college football, you're a dumbass. Uh, the way this would go is if, in fact, 13 is a real figure. Yeah, so for the, this is bad radio right, on my right, part. Right. There are a bunch of – I got – put the cart in front of the horse. We, get, we, we got to do the right thing here. Um, so there was a report that uh, a player, for those that are not in the know, Jaden Rashada is a, is, a, is a quarterback that was allegedly – he's a four-star kid at that – was allegedly <laughs> – it's not Arch Manning. It's not you know. It's not like some kid that feels like I can't yeah. miss or it's not Jameis, or Jameis Winston or yeah Fields at the time right, when he was right. in high school. Yeah, go on yeah. down the list yeah. of guys. Right. So he's a quarterback, and it is alleged that uh, the way that Florida got him to commit was to uh, offer him an NIL deal worth thirteen million dollars, and now he wants out of that deal or his commitment to Florida uh, to Florida. Allegedly, these are all internet-born rumors. I don't know what has been verified. It's according and to a guy named Slash Bread, <laughs> the Bro Bible. So the, the the whole the whole thing dubious at best. Uh, but allegedly, Florida offered him thirteen million dollars, and that thirteen million dollars isn't there. And the kid's like, "Well, then if it's not there, I don't want to be here." And everybody saw that on Twitter yesterday and went. $13 million? What? For a kid that's never played a down at college football, what are we doing here? And again, I don't know if that is true or not. I laughed at it. It didn't. It wasn't a good look for Florida across the board. 
So any negative news that negatively impacts Florida, I'm for. Boy, and they are the opposite of us. They can't get in the portal to save their life. Nope. I, I find that strange, too. I, the, the, the stuff that's... I, <laughs> it's a very fluid situation, Tom. The world of college football is very, very weird right now. It's not... I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. It's just very strange right now. What to believe, what's real, what isn't real. Some of these numbers seem a bit far-fetched, to say the least. If that number was accurate, let's assume that for just a moment. Yeah, and I don't believe that it is. The negotiation would have gone something like, all right, everybody, I need your best and final offer. Miami, 1.2. You know, maybe you can vest up to... Two, I don't know, over the course of your time. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, so-and-so. And the best one is, all right, Jalen, I know we got to open this envelope from Florida, but yeah, I, I don't know. Their NIL game's not strong. So we're looking at between one and two. Not bad, not bad. $13 million. <laughs> Guess where you're going to school? To Gainesville we go. <laughs> First of all, again, if you're giving a four-star high school prospect over a million dollars to come play for you, that's nuts. That's nuts. That This has to be as big a can't miss as there possibly could be. And there have been very few of those in the history of the game, in the history of college football. There have been very few individuals coming out of high school rightly tabbed by all who cover the game, coach the game, watch the game, invest in the game, who said, can't miss, guaranteed superstardom, will be there as little amount of time as possible, transcend the school, and take it to the league. They exist, but very few. Yeah, how much would Dupree have made? I mean, days? right. Marcus Dupree. Right. Yes. One of the one of that was really one of the good 30 for 30s. One of the very, very good. That's a dude that would translate good. today and dominate today. Yeah. Just yeah. watching him. But well, it's like I, that's a, that's one of the guys, Tom, that you and I have talked about where our age difference comes into play. And that's a double whammy for me because he was he ended up being an Oklahoma guy. And I can remember my granddad's enthusiasm for that. Like, we got him. All right. He was so excited. The whole country wanted that kid, obviously. Because he was a grown-ass man looking like he was in his late 40s when he came out of high school. But that dude wouldn't command $5 million, it, let alone $13 He's million. a running back. They're a dime a dozen. Stop it. It's just, uh, yeah, there's just no way. I mean, now, it's funny. Now, to bring it back home, Michael does right off the bat. I didn't even plan on opening with this, but it's probably omnipresent of every college football fan's mind right now because we're all monitoring this NIL very carefully, and we're all watching, obviously, the transfer portal and everything else very carefully. It's It's been very, 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 very positive uh, for Florida State so far, uh, which is interesting because – when the Travis Hunter debacle happened, you thought, well, we're off on the wrong foot in this new era of college football. This is this is not good. We are we are the example, the cautionary tale. We, we don't want to be the, the example that all the other programs use, you know, with, with regarding elite recruits. But we were for like half a second. Yeah. Don't get Travis Hunter. Don't get Mike Norveld, whatever you wanted to say. Right, right. That was, that was yeah. us for a second. But it's interesting because Michael brings up what would have Jameis Winston got. Because most recently, of the players at high-profile schools and Power 5 conferences that went on to have the predicted success once acquiring said player's services, 
Jameis is one of the first to come to mind. I bet that's true of most fans in college football because you know and I know we didn't we kind of don't care. There's a buffer between us and the hardcore recruitniks. We're not that. We work for a website that has an element of that without question. A all, wing, yeah. All, all team sites have that wing, and it's important. And we acknowledge the importance of recruiting, and it is interesting. But I'm not immersed in it the way the recruitniks, the way you would describe somebody as a recruitnik. And again, I'm not even judging that per se. It's just not my thing. But that was a guy that everybody said, yeah, man, that's it's different. He's transcendent. He's going to be great. There's a very good chance that the team, because I said that to you, when I had a conversation with somebody who's in the recruiting game and whose knowledge I respect said to me, Jeff, there's a very good chance that whoever gets Jameis Winston is going to win the national title before he leaves. He's that kind of good. And he said it straight faced and he wasn't prone to hyperbole. That's how good he is. So keep that in mind as we have this discussion. What is somebody like that worth right now? Where you would say, yeah, that guy's that kind of good. Probably like number one pick in the draft kind of good. Well, James turned out to do that. He turned out to win the Heisman, the National Trophy, was the number one pick. Changes the profile of the university yet again. All that stuff. What's that worth to a team now? I, I don't know. I don't know. And well, how many guys like how many guys since James have been tabbed that? And and has anybody been accurately tapped that? What's interesting is in this day and age, now you're going to know the name of that player, Jameis Winston, before they ever take the field, even if you're a casual fan. I think that's what's graduated here is mm -hmm. that because mm -hmm. the money is so high, it's like anything else. Uh, Quiz Show, one of our favorite movies. I love that movie. They don't watch the contestants. They want to watch the money. That's right. what it is. Yeah. That's what NIL has done for the casual college football fan. Uh, they've now tuned in. Usually, signing day, early signing day, was for the hardcores or people that lived in this region specifically of the country. But now, for example, Jameis, when he came here, that was a big story on signing day. Very big. He was on a television network doing his commitment ceremony. Huge deal. And then anonymous for a year. Right? Like, we knew about him. He was lingering in the future, but we had AJ, AJ Manuel and, and all that kind of stuff, the ex expectations for 2012. So most fans, and... In, in turn, it actually kind of clouded the discussion of what happened off the field with Jameis. Most everybody didn't really know who Jameis was. He had a video that went viral where he was dropping F-bombs, praising EJ for the comeback against Virginia Tech. Other than that, anonymous yeah. for a full year. That doesn't happen anymore. So to your point about value, by the virtue, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Just by the virtue of commanding a huge NIL deal and being a high four-star or low five-star, you are now of crazy clout yeah. before you even take a snap in it's a way harder. that Jameis wasn't in his time. Yeah, it's harder than ever before if you want to shy away from um, excessive uh, and, and prying coverage into your day-to-day -day operations as a young football player at any institution. It's very difficult if you're a high-profile recruit uh, to be able to go about your business anymore without that being documented in a way that is intrusive. Um, it, it's, it's, you are asking 18 year olds to mature, uh, beyond their years in many ways. And now with the money added to it, it is, it takes a special person that can walk onto campus with the expectation. We're talking about the elite of the elite recruits, the ones that are tabbed like Jameis and others were Trevor Lawrence. Somebody brought up in the chat. a good point. Um, uh, that, that those kinds of kids that are tabbed, the golden child, right? 
that come into a school and are expected to win a national title and compete for a Heisman Trophy and usually do both. If they're, if they're a quarterback, that's especially true. It, it takes a special individual to be able to block that out, especially early in their career and just right because straightforward down the line, work at it. We hardly asked a question. I'm just talking about the beaten general. Jameis didn't come up every Monday in a press conference, you know, that first year when he was redshirting. I think that type of player will now. If they're not starting, why aren't they playing? Because people are going to click on and going to consume media that surrounds either the Rashada kid, wherever he goes, or Arch Manning. Like, if Arch doesn't start to begin his Texas career, every week there are going to be questions. How's Arch doing? Is Arch coming along? Is he knocking on the door? I see Arch is the second on the depth chart. How close is he to first? That's what's going to happen now, and you're right. You've got to be a special kind of adult that... It's really almost impossible to it, be. It, it, well, Arch will be especially uh, attuned to this because of the household. Yeah, legacy it, helps him. Yeah, it's but, certainly going to help that he's been in the spotlight since the first time he put on a helmet playing peewee football because of who he was. So every high school game was covered like it was a college game, and every college game was covered. You know, so that he's going to – he'll be able to probably, probably, I don't know, but he'll probably be able to handle it. But the average Joe that, that isn't – that kind of exposed early, and the first time it happens is when he commits to a big-time institution with the expectations of the world, and certainly that fan base, that going to win a national championship. And again, you throw in the money, it changes the dynamic. It's one thing for the hardcore fans to expect to, you to come in and save their institution, save their program. It's a whole nother when, like you said, it's expanded now because of the money. Everybody's very interested. How much do we have invested in this kid? You know, all of a sudden you're under contract. Now it becomes far less collegial and far more cutthroat. Much more about we should cut this kid. We should cut our losses. Screw this kid. I hope he transfers. This, I mean, this is going to be the kind of discourse you hear around 18 and 19 year olds now when the money becomes public. And it is the next iteration. I mean, I'm starting to get older now. Uh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, the Johnny Manziel saga. And the coverage phenomenon that was, yeah. you know, Johnny. Yeah. It, there was a time that I could remember too before the TMZization of sports, the Tiger scenario, like all these things. Scandal was relative to the field, it was steroids, you know, it was cheating. It was things like mm -hmm. that. It wasn't your escapades off the quarter, off the field as much that was clicked on. But then when Tiger happened, the Kobe situation in Colorado, like that became its own little. I mean, Roger uh, Cossack, remember him? I mean, like, oh my, he made God. a career out of it. Forgot about that. Yes, yeah. he did. Yes, he did. And then there was the Johnny stage, which was, wow, you're going to cover a, a freshman or a retro freshman this closely? And then Jameis was the one right after him. Remember, he said, if I get Johnny Manziel disease, somebody hit me upside the head. And which that was, was such an innocent question in an exchange, and got taken. Yeah, it was. I was standing first, right there when it happened. Me too. Callis that asked. Yeah. Me. It was the first Brent. line on ESPN. First line yeah. of ESPN that day was like, oh, my God, this is a different animal. Yeah. Then the Jameis stuff off well, the then, field yeah, we took know, it to yeah, another level. Obviously, yeah. Well, here's the next step is now you've got the money on top of the off-the-field stuff that's salacious. So if any of these kids go out and party too late at night or underage drinking or whatever, and now they're you know a millionaire. You got no, you got no shot. No. Well, this, no. Is, this is true. Like uh, While we're having the big-picture discussion of what it means to be a young man or a young woman in today's world – you and I, and some of the, and I shouldn't speak for you, but obviously I went to college at a time where people didn't have cell phones. Thank God. <laughs> you know, like that was not a thing. You didn't worry about going out 
and having too much to drink one night and saying or doing something foolish and having it documented on video. Now imagine that you're that 18-year-old phenom who's away from his home for the first time, high-profile kid, adored, adulation around every turn, thought to be the savior. You got money in your pocket because that's how they got you there beyond the scholarship, and you're out and about wanting to be popular, being fawned over, and you have too much to drink in a given night, and it is most definitely on video, and you are a well, fool for the nation to see. Yes, and it's F you money on the college level. Yes. Like, you know, if you're 18 yeah. years old, I mean, even, give, like, give even 10 grand is F you money. 20 grand. Yeah. Right, right. In a year for a kid that doesn't, you know, who's on scholarship, doesn't have to pay for food, doesn't have yeah. to pay for lodging, doesn't have to, and he's got 20 grand walking around money? Right. And Come on, man. More likely 100 to a couple hundred grand if you're at this level. Yeah. No, my experience was different. We had this brand new thing called the Facebook, and uh, that was interesting and probably used for purposes that it shouldn't have been in terms of well, stream of consciousness and thought. It was yeah, it was thought to be a college-only network. Collegiate thing, and then the world got a hold of it, and you have everybody else has to go back and delete their Facebook. Indeed. And uh, <laughs> now you can shoot what is tantamount to movie-quality video in live time on Instagram or wherever. I'm, I'm sure there's five more yeah. networks that I'm not aware of. No, 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 I know. I'm terrified of this. I have a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. Yeah. They're, they're not big-shot football recruits necessarily, but yeah. I, like, I'm like i constantly talking to them about the phone, the ramifications of what you post, and how – because not one of the things is – and I'm grateful for this – both my boys, you've said this, have a wonderful sense of humor. They do. They're funny. They are. They're funny kids. Their accounts are funny. I don't. Sometimes I tell you, man, that's a funny post. And you're like, eh, don't encourage them. Don't, don't, well, don't encourage. The, them. No, no, no. They like they get it. They, their humor is between the lines. Like they get it. But what I tell them and what I've told them before is that not everybody does, and they don't know you. So, Mr. Tom sees it and he knows from where it came. Right. He he gets the joke. There are literalists out there. Oh, well, uh, yeah. certainly I've had to learn that as a talk show host, that there are literalists out there, yes, who believe that whatever tongue-in-cheek remark you make is, in fact, what you believe. <laughs> and even sarcasm alludes uh, a very large percentage of our population, unfortunately. But you it's one thing for me. I'm 51, and I've been old enough for a while to be able to navigate that, right? Oh, Whereas, all you want to do is post a Richard Simmons video. That's all you want to right, do. Now it's just funny. But but a 15-year-old or a 12-year-old or a 9-year-old, man, forget about it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Whew. It's, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. That was a weird story yesterday, $13 million. I thought, that well, that can't. It can't be. And if it is, but they deserve all of the negative backlash the, they get. I hope it all falls to pieces. What are you doing? They are falling to pieces. They can't stop the bad news. We were talking about, uh, I think I said 30 pieces of news. Maybe 27 were good for us. They're mm -hmm. the opposite, which is crazy because it looked like he had the foundations of something good going there on the field. But that's why head coaching is about a whole lot more than just an on-the-field product. See Dan Mullen, the previous head coach in Florida. If you don't bother to defend, you'll get boat raced, and that's exactly what happened to Florida State basketball last night. I'll touch on it, but I won't spend a lot of time on it. I will spend a lot of time on some gambling items on a Redemption Thursday. Look at this research. We got bets to make, people. We got NFL playoff games, damn it. 
Those are played by grown-ups who are paid, and we can yell at them. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. All right, Redemption Thursday rolling on. Jeff Kevin Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Good to be with you as always. Tate Rodemaker is uh, is locked in, locked up. There we go. What do you think we gave Tate Rodemaker to uh, to sign with the Battles in? 50 bucks? I think if we were Miami, uh, $2.75 million. <laughs> Ruiz is like, Tate, come on down south. I'll give you $9 million over four. And if that were true, Tate, you should ride. Oh, my goodness gracious. So I'm learning more as we go along about some of the aspects of NIL, some of some of the ways that these contracts are written. And it's my understanding that that whole situation at Florida uh, is is more complicated because he's from California and there's probably payments and contracts that have been signed and all this situation. And now that now there's a falling out and the money's not there and this allegedly, and the kid wants out and, and you just, you've got a mess on your hands. Well done, Preston. 200 bucks. Cash. Cash. <laughs> did you laugh as hard as I did when he said it the first time in the show? Yeah. Yeah, you know, the first time, so... It's so good. Ashley Schaefer's hilarious the first time, but Danny McBride's character, Kenny Powers, I didn't understand the first time I watched it. I was like, this guy sucks. Oh, he's the best, though. And then upon a second and a third watch, I go, oh, I'm sorry. That's me. That's on me. Yeah. I was in college when it came out. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was instantly smitten. I was like, oh, this is the worst in all of us. This is so good. This is so perfect. This is the -the over-the-top Roger Clemens. This is absolutely what you should do. I just love that Will Ferrell's character is somewhere between Ric Flair and like a Muppet, though, with (laughs) the the facial expressions, you know, like the... The sunglasses make it, though. I know everybody says the wig, but the sunglasses are so perfect with the wig. (laughs) Instead of woo, just woo. And then when he's going on a diatribe, he's woo. Yeah. Woo. woo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you 200 bucks. Cash. Cash. <laughs> also, the whole slapping and, uh, yeah, that's not what you do. Every, every bit of that is so good. Oh, man. I, uh, I do want to know more about that story, but there are other stories, so we should get to them. By the way, so you saw, just as an aside, this does affect college football to an extent, and it did get me to laughing because I thought, well, here's your chance, Jim. Maybe. The Bears have hired Kevin Warren and made him president and CEO of the Chicago Bears. Hired him away from the Big Ten. That's it. He's gone. That was the job that Jim Phillips wanted and got beat out. Jim hasn't exactly hit the ground running with the ACC. You know, (laughs) this conference has so many things going for it, and if I had to stake a claim on it, I'd say Notre Dame, if they were going to join anywhere, they would call our league office. It was the most, it reminded me of what absurd, and it's not a word, feebleism, we bore witness to at the ACC meetings. That is, I was saddened for his people 
people that love him, care about him, are related to him because they had to see their guy shrink like that in the biggest moment to date. Like their father, their brother, their uncle, their son stood up there and was that in the face of adversity. Now, I know you could say he's an accomplished man, a successful man, an educated man. He has plenty of credentials to fall back on. His bona fides are in place, Jeff. Who are you? Sports talk shows in Tallahassee to take a shot at a man with those advanced degrees and successes behind him. I'm one of many that stood there in awe at the way he shrunk in the moment of truth. It was jarring. Wait a minute. That's it? That's all you got? I kept thinking there's no way. Based on those credentials, I thought there's no way that's what this man is rolling out there with. We're relying on everybody else's kindness. You're going to tell me that for the benefit of college football, which has been crumpled up and thrown in the trash several times over in the last decade, you're going to rely on others' benevolence? That others who care about the game in the same way that you do understand that all neighborhoods need to flourish for the game to excel and propel moving forward in a way that is beneficial to the program's seeking to win national championships and compete at the highest levels. Really, we're just going to, they're good. <laughs> yeah, because the SEC has shown you around every turn that they have you in mind, Jim, that the ACC's good, good fortune is what they're thinking about and that college football as a whole is what they're concerned with. Well, Jeff, as you know, it's like developing a city or sometimes a collection <laughs> of developments, residential <laughs> developments. And our friends at ESPN have been wonderful colleagues and working partners, Jimmy P. I, that was Burke Mangus. Mm. These are our friends, and they're our partners too, Jeff. So they would be in their best interest to work with the ACC. Well, I just when I read that this morning, I thought Jim has got to be on the horn with his agent. Hey, 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 hey! Get me out of here! Please tell me you saw this coming and you were on the horn months ago. Is this lined up? Get me out of this nightmare. I know I didn't do anything to help my cause, but I've lost them already. Well, that call would have happened a couple weeks ago when, you know, uh, the Bears job was up for the running for Commissioner Warren. And that would have been Jim calling, hey, is, is this going to happen? Yeah, oh my God. The day that he read that in the dailies, what? There's an opening with the Bears. Well, you do realize that Kevin's background is that of an NFL guy forever. And he he would love to work for the, Please, God! And given where uh, Commissioner Phillips went to school, his accent. Yes! He probably knows somebody in the Bears organization. Uh, he was on the horn that morning, 5 a.m. Mr. Hallis, is this going to happen? <laughs> Mr. Hallis. Oh, my God. Well, at this point, for as many times as we were told that Jim Phillips was a can't-miss hire and was going to help Steward the ACC to the future, and his hey, his resume looked good. Yeah, well, whoops. I just didn't know that he didn't understand the lay of the land. Oh, I understand it perfectly. No, you don't. Clearly, you don't. The lay of the land 
is opposite of what you want it to be. You're in fantasy land. You're in a bygone time, bygone era. You are smack dab in the middle of the Ivy League in 1973. You're nowhere near the current landscape of college football. This is this is what dreams may come. That's what you are. You're sitting around fantasizing of yellow brick roads. You've lost your mind. Jeff, have you lived in a, de- <laughs> a development with multiple neighborhoods? You know, sometimes there are neighborhoods that are closer to the to the gate, uh, and then there are some uh, neighborhoods that are tucked all away. All neighborhoods have to thrive. Is that what you're going to tell me, Jim? Here we go. I get it. Yes. But for the Christmas parade, mm. we go through all the neighborhoods. It wouldn't be a Christmas parade if it was only in one of the neighborhoods. I've got more numbers than we possibly could use. you got to get the volunteer fire truck to also, go through all the neighborhoods. I also like your bets. Thanks for sending me your bets today, this morning. Did you like the play? Yeah, I did like the it's play. good value. Yeah, I thought you did a good job with that. I'm going to sit down and make a lot of plays. You know, the golf starts today again. Buddy, so pumped up, man. I'm so happy the PGA Tour season's back. I, nobody, I, don't, don't worry, don't worry. I'm not going to do that to you. Is the Sony open this weekend? Yeah, they they stay in Hawaii. And uh-huh. um, is JT Poston gonna gonna do some things. Tom Kim will probably do some things. Uh, Russell Henley's got a good chance a to do Bo some Hostler things. action. No, it's a good. It's not a bad field, buddy. Hold on a second now. Adam Scott's out there, besmirching the field. George He's gonna be Spieth's out there. Some JM's out there. There's plenty of people. The khaki hat, the khaki top. The Adam khaki will pants. look the part. He doesn't play the part much these days, but he looks the part. The Buccaneers went 4-12-1 against the spread this season. Only one other team since 1990 has made the playoffs with fewer than five against the spread wins. Can you name them? Uh, was it the Saints team that went 7-9? It was the 1999 Vikings who were 3-10-3. That's 23%. Mm. They lost in the divisional round. I Bucks are at 25%. That was the Seahawks team that went 7-9 that beat the Saints. Sorry about that. Yeah, another failure for Sean Payton. Forgive me. This will be Tom Brady's second playoff game as a home underdog. Can you name the other one? The Super Bowl? That is correct. Because <laughs> that was a technically home game. Yeah. Yeah. They were plus three in Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. And as we all recall, mm-hmm. Vegas got it wrong and then some 31-9. to nine. That, overwhelming ass beating of the Chiefs for your Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I would posit that's the easiest Bucks game I've ever bet on in my life. It's it's high on the list. You I, could there check was the one, tape. We were all over that we, one. We were, and so was uh, Mario. Yeah, you, me, and Mario were like exchanging texts. Like They don't guys, have either of their tackles. Guys, we're going to beat the Chiefs' ass. Does anybody realize how bad we're going to beat the Chiefs? Like, you could tell. That was waiting to happen. Uh... This stat blows me away, though. Night games. Tom Brady is 9-9 nine and nine straight up, but 2-16 and 16 against the spread in his last 18 night games. 2-16. and 16. Sweet Jesus, okay. Tom. With the Bucs, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. You think about the debacles against the Rams. Uh, that Monday night game a couple years ago, his first season, they got destroyed. The Saints, anytime they play them in prime time, it does not go well for the Bucs. Well, we had kind of been uh, even, pseudo prime time on that weekend on the road playoff matchup against the Saints. It was indeed at night in the dome. That might be one of the when two. When we vanquished them yeah. in front of their home fans in Drew Brees' final game ever. Yes. In which he was treated like a child. 
He was. Yes. He was. Yeah. But please, let's canonize his head coach Anyhow. for being the greatest thing in, in offensive football history. <laughs> Do you realize that his record, in terms of wins and losses in the regular season and the postseason, is essentially the same as Mike McCarthy's? Essentially the same. But he got a Super Bowl victory. So does Mike, Mike McCarthy. Yeah. He does. Uh, they have the same amount of Super uh, Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy have the same amount of Super Bowl victories. And let me now. ask you this. We, we know. If God. the Saints defense wasn't world-class the last three or four years yeah. of Sean Payton's tenure in well, New Orleans, but, what are we really talking okay, about? Okay, but prior to that, it was the offense that carried the day for many years. It did. And he found a way with a child's arm to win a lot of games. That arm only reverted to child's oh, Chad last Pennington five years. status. I started championing that on the air after a windy day in Tampa many moons ago, and mm -hmm. I went, oh. <gasps> Well, it's over. Is that, I was yelling at the top of the mountain. It's over. Is that Sean Payton or Cam Jordan and the crew? <laughs> I don't know. When you only have to score 20 to 24 points, the, the math changes a little bit. This is kind of cool, and we'll go to break on this note just as we get set to enter the playoffs. Uh, 2022, kind of this year, is the year of the long shot. There have been two seasons. 2022 and 2017 are the only two seasons since 1977-78. You were not even a thought. I was six. Where three teams at 100-1 to odds or longer to win the Super Bowl at the start of the season all made the playoffs. Pretty cool. It's also why the NFL is so wildly popular. I can give other examples. But those three teams, top of your head, Playing a little trivia out here today. So, once again, this is the longest odds. 100 to 1 odds or longer to win the Super Bowl at the start of the season. Three teams were that or worse and yeah. made the playoffs this year. So the the last time it happened was in 2017. Mm -hmm. And before that, 1977-78. So, the Jags. That's correct. The Giants? No. Really? Oh, sorry. Didn't see it. It is correct. That is correct. Okay. And I'm missing an obvious one here. Seattle. Um, Seattle. Oh, yeah. There you go. Geno Smith. Yep. So. so, Seattle, the Giants, and Jacksonville. Pretty pretty cool. Since 2002, quarterbacks making their first NFL playoff start have gone 18-36 and 36 straight up, 17-36-1 against the spread, including 0-3 straight up and against the spread last season, not including Derek Carr versus Joe Burrow. Both made their first start versus each other. So there you go. That was a weird game, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kind of fascinating. I'm still blown away that Brady is 2-16 and 16 in his last 18 starts against the spread at night. That's nuts. It, it feels right, but I've got a number uh, in a second. I hope I can get it in this segment. i got to find it. Regarding Mahomes and Brady numbers. Mm -hmm. All right, so here's one set of numbers. 2,509 completions, 27,500 yards, 193 touchdowns, 10 playoff wins, and two Super Bowl rings. Versus 1,985 completions, 24,000 yards, 192 touchdowns, almost the same, eight playoff wins, and one Super Bowl ring. The first set of numbers is Tom Brady since he turned 40 years old. <laughs> the second set of numbers is Patrick Mahomes' entire career to date. That's yeah, pretty impressive. Brady's numbers since he turned 40 are basically equivalent to Mahomes' career numbers what, to date. What did what was the he set the record last year? Was it last year or the year before? I think it might have been last year. People but forget just, that he led the league in passing. Uh, I know. Yeah. That's why it's staggering to see the cliff the Bucks offense fell off this year. It's the Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chat TV. 
Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Live Spectator, I saw your comment, and I did want to comment on it. Uh, it's, a, it's a good observation. I didn't think gambling on NFL games was considered to be above board in 1977, and uh, in very few places. Uh, I would say that that, that is correct, uh, excluding very few places. I'd say that's correct. But I, that didn't mean that they didn't keep odds, and, but they did. Point spreads have been around a long time. Jimmy the Greek was out there doing some things back in the day. I used to go to my buddy. I won't say his name. Louis Morales. No. I used to go to my buddy Chris Sturgeon's house. And uh, his dad, who's no longer with us, stepdad, no longer with us. He was one of the original gangsters. This guy was awesome. I knew I had a gambling bug in me at an early age because I was transfixed when I walked into his house on Sundays. I'd ride my bike over there, my mongoose. I'd ride down Pinellas Point Drive. I'd take that right towards 4th, and then I'd cut over, and I'll never forget. I'd get in that neighborhood, get to Chris's house, and it would be around 11 a.m. or noon. And this is obviously before everybody had a computer, before cell phones or anything like that. He had these huge cardboard setups, like it's almost like a history project, like a history fair project that your kids do or whatever, science. He Did you had, find the boards, by the way? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I got them. Yeah. All right. Jamie came through for me. So I had two, I would walk in, he had two massive boards every Sunday, brand new sheets of paper. They were up. And he had, probably upwards of 30 or 40 guys bets on each of those boards. And the phone was on his footrest by the, by the lazy boy. Only it wasn't a lazy boy. It was a really nice leather chair. He had, he had the on the footrest though. That's a, that's a good detail. Yeah. He had the phone cord pulled from the kitchen all the way out to the footrest. Right. So he had that long cord that nobody really ever needed unless you were taking your phone all the way. Like he was every week. Right there, and he had it color coded, and the games were getting ready to start, and he's just picking up the phone. Okay, Ted, got it. Click. Can't do that, Steve. You're into me. Nope. Click. I'm like, oh, Steve just got turned down. Steve owes too much. Ted's bet went through. It's going to be put on the board, and he would go and he. Ted's bet was on the board. There it was, and then he colored. I don't know what the color coding was about. I don't know, but he had color coding, had the pencils out. Density of the bet, or did he write the was, amounts? Did he write the uh, actual amounts on the it board? It was awesome. And Chris was kind of embarrassed, and he would try to rush me in to, like, Chris had bought a guitar, and he was learning how to play it. And for us, it was so cool, because we'd go back in his room and listen to R.E.M. records or the replacements or whatever and try to play along. But I would want to sit out there with his dad, his stepdad, and be like, let me watch this. This is awesome. So no, 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 we should, he doesn't want us out here. We should, we should go to the back. Well, that was probably that, true. Yeah, but I, yeah. I was like, I'm not, I wanted to be like, I'm not a narc. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, now you understand exactly how transfixed Clark is when, mm. yeah, he's like, Hey, got any action on this game, dad? I loved it. And I would sit there and then every now and then I would get more bold. I'd walk back out there I'm like, is it going all right? And he did, he wasn't a man of many words. And he'd be like. I need the Steelers to score here. I'd be like, all right. 
You go back to looking at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like our friend at the north side area. <laughs> it's just a man of few words. How you doing? Fine. Okay. All right. Have a good day. Yeah. How are you? I just, I loved it. It was so good. Some days you'd come in there, papers strewn on the floor. His wife didn't say a word to him. He's just doing his thing. Clearly, it worked. I mean, he he did all right for himself. He was they lived in a good neighborhood. They were doing all right, and that wasn't his only gig. But that was the better of the gigs. That's got to be an interesting existence, though. Just you know, I don't know if you ever aspired to be a bookmaker, or just somebody who was on the betting side of the ledger. I've never aspired to be a bookmaker. No. Okay. Well, I mean, you never know. Well, no, no, that's no, actually no. something no, I, I learned I, today. I met some people uh, back in the day. And I thought, man, that's profitable, but you're always kind of on the run. I met a guy who I originally was involved with back in the day who did up and had to move to Tampa. Mm. Couldn't find him. Oh. Lost track of him. Moved to Tampa? Moved to Tampa. Okay. I don't know what happened. There was a guy, um, side story. Remember the uh, toll booths? They don't do them anymore now on the uh, paid toll highways. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. all toll by place. Sun Pass, yeah. It's Sun Pass. There was a guy there who was straight from Staten Island. like Staten well, they, There was a ton I of snowbirds that came down that got those jobs, yeah. Yeah. The pinky ring, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the butt, the shirt is buttoned down too Walking far. Stereotype. Hey, how sure. you doing? How you doing? All right, 125. You know, you give him the quarters. <laughs> and his name was way too Anglo. It was something like Wilfred. Or, I mean, it was nuts. Yeah. And I was like, man, that ain't your name. What are you, who are you running <laughs> from? Wilfred? He's like, how you doing? <laughs> no way. <laughs> Wilfred, no way. The 49ers swept the Seahawks during the regular season. They'll be the 20th team in the wild card era to face an opponent a third time after a straight-up regular season sweep. Those teams are 12-7 and seven straight up, but only 9-9-1 nine, nine and one against the spread. Oh. Hence your, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Your little wager there, buddy. That's right. A little concerned. San Francisco, entering the playoffs, has also won 10 consecutive games straight up entering that contest. In the last 20 years, 15 teams have played a playoff game on a 10-plus game straight-up win streak. You know what their record is straight up? Of the teams that have won 10 consecutive games going into the playoffs, what's their record straight up? How many of them are there? Quick math on the uh, total. 15 teams. 15 teams. Our, uh, 15 teams have been on 10-game win streaks entering, entering the, the playoffs okay. in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. What's their record? 12-3. and 7-8. and eight. Whoa! They lose. Wow. Now you're feeling really good that you uh, yeah, moved the number. I moved some things. You know what their record is against the spread? Well, it can't be good. 2-13. and 13. Playoffs are a different animal. Look at the clairvoyance over here from your boy. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned, again, a lot of numbers involving rookie quarterbacks. we got guys out. We've got injuries. We've got problems. This weekend, we have rookie quarterbacks, and we have first-time playoff QBs. And a dude named Skyler is going to play. Since 1990, rookie quarterbacks are 10-17 and in the playoffs, straight up. They're 3-10. and over the last decade, rookie quarterbacks are 4-7-1 and one against the spread in wildcard weekend in the last 20 years. 
If you have a first-time quarterback as a home favorite, that doesn't help you. You're 8-14. and 14. If you have a first-time starting quarterback in the playoffs at home against the spread, you're not any better. You're 6-16. Six first-time starting quarterbacks in the playoffs pretty much get it handed to them. This is where the Trevor Lawrence argument is valid, I think, because he's already played his first playoff game, and he was bad. Last week was a playoff game for the Jags. So he should go in with fewer butterflies and issues against the Chargers on Saturday. I don't know, man. You have to convince yourself of that. I saw it. You saw it. He was scared. He got bailed out by his defense. That is true. But, man, this is a playoff game, and I think they should beat the Chargers because they're better coached than the Chargers. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Mm-hmm. 